everybody. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. We're so glad to have you with us today. It's a summer day, Heidi. It we is. We finally reached summer. Yes, here in central Illinois. It's smoking hot though, Heads. It's Well, we went from snow in April, which is crazy and unheard of, to blazing hot. Like, there was no spring. Yes. So, I feel like that we're in for a, a good one, a doozy. Yeah. I love summer though. Like, yeah. the hotter, the better. Yep. My husband thinks it's, like, going to melt his face off, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah, but he'd, like, live in the woods and a tent. And he wanted, a few years ago, he was trying to convince us to move to Texas. And I told him, honey, you would not survive. He wouldn't. You would melt. Yeah. yeah. So he's cool. he's awesome, but he does not like hot weather. So, well, Heather, um, I'm excited to connect with you. It's yep. been a crazy week. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's real life, isn't it? Yes, it is. Just living your life ordinary lives and just seeing the extraordinary work of God in those ordinary moments. Um, but today, sometimes we chat. And if our listeners are new to the H&H Hour, we say welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Um, so sometimes Heather and I chat and we talk about everything you can imagine, mm-hmm. mostly things that are ordinary in our lives and um, how God writes extraordinary stories through us and the yep. guest on our show. Yep. But today we get to welcome a guest. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to welcome Jamie Ivy. Welcome to the H&H Hour. Thanks, guys. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so sorry that you had snow in April. I oh. can think of nothing worse. Oh, it was bad. We were in tears. I would be. I'm in tears right now for you. Although, I mean, you guys, I'm in Texas. It's We're going to hit 100 today. 100 degrees. It's so hot. You see, and we hit 100 last weekend. So how crazy oh. is that? Like snow, less than a month and a half ago, and then 100 degrees. Yeah, but I will say this. I will take heat over cold any day. Oh, amen, yes. girl. Yes. All of the praise hands. Uh-huh. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, well, Jamie, we um, do this fun thing on the H&H Hour called Fast Facts. And so you, we don't do it to all guests, but you've randomly been selected. <laughs> oh, good. It's like a TSA check. Randomly yeah. selected. Yeah. <laughs> we heard you're really, really good at this game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Word travels quickly. How good I am at this. <laughs> So we thought we would spring this on you. And here's the rules of fast facts. Um, there's no wrong answer. Um, anything that comes to mind is okay. We, we do have a few young listeners, so maybe keep that in mind. <laughs> I, I don't have to censor myself. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so you can give a thought or a phrase or, you know, whatever comes to, to Jamie's mind. You just blurt that right out. Okay. Are you ready? I'm so ready and so nervous. Are you because, sweating? Because I sweat when we do these. Well, when you said whatever comes to Jamie's mind, learn it out. That's not a safe place. So I'm going <laughs> to work really hard on this. Hey, I love it. I love it. Okay, here we go. Vacation. Italy. Music. My husband. Date night. Sex. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. You're not the first person to answer that way. I okay. love that. Okay. Summertime. Cool. Lipstick. Red. Kiddos. Lots of them. Earrings. Big. Texas. Longhorns. Cold drink. LaCroix. Aaron. My love. Snack. Chips. Friends. Precious. Spanx. Um, love, hate. Yes. Amen. It's one yeah. word. There's that slash in there. So one word. <laughs> Book. Oh, um, no one ever asks. I'm reading that. Okay. That's the name of the book. No okay. one ever asks. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. Age 40. The best. Uh, 
I could say so much about that, but it's, I feel like it's going to be the best. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I'm six months behind you, so I'm getting there. But I'm excited. I'm so excited. I really am. I mean, I, I hope to feel literally what I'm saying. I'm, for everyone that's listening, that's like, oh, I'm 50. I missed it. Or I'm 30. You mean this decade's going to be bad? I feel like I just hit this crossroad when I turned 40 that I thought, I want to look going into every decade as how can this be the best decade of my life? Because yes. if you do that, then you're just, you're moving forward constantly. Totally. And not that it's going to be without pain and without sorrow, because I think that's just, it's a part of life. Yeah. But I do want to look, and I am, I'm looking 40 straight in the face. You know, I'm, you know, like 27 days in and going, yep. I'm in. I'm here for this. This is going to be amazing. So I'm ready. Bring it on for you. Yep, I agree. I'm I'm excited. I feel like you've kind of, you've lived enough life that you don't take everything so seriously. Yeah. But, and, you know, but you, you don't have to, you don't have to be scared. I tell people I'm not scared. You've got a little no. wisdom under yourself. A little wisdom, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. And we're going to get more, you know? Yay. And I feel like my 30s is where I kind of discovered kind of myself and so that makes me even more excited about my 40s mm, yeah that's awesome did did you guys did you and Aaron take a fun 40 trip you know I went away he surprised me I didn't know this was happening I went away with some girlfriends uh, for a weekend they surprised me in Fredericksburg which is this cute little town about an hour and a half outside Austin and so and then also my day of my 40th he had a surprise party so he just did great stuff for me fun mm. I but, love it but I set him up for that I, I, I think I've also learned if you want something, say it, or you're going to be disappointed. And so yeah. I was like, hey, listen, I need to be celebrated. So I'm just <laughs> on the table. I'm just saying. I love I the honesty. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've been dropping Santorini to my husband for about five years now. So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And I'm excited because I'm going to be invited to go along. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Are you going to do that for your 40th or is it just you're still putting it on the table? Um, well, you know, we went to Portugal for my husband's 40th a year and a half ago. And it was such a blast. And we were like, we have to do This has to be tradition. So mm-hmm. I think we're in Port- def- Portugal. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We're going to go somewhere for sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, Jamie, um, one thing that we would love to hear from you is just a little bit about yourself. Tell our listeners Who's Jamie Ivy? Tell us about your spouse, your kids, your job, your hobbies. Fill us yeah. in. So, Jamie Ivy, I live in Austin, Texas. We've been here this summer marks ten years since we moved here, and wow. it feels like I don't know if you guys feel like this where you live, but it feels like we've been here forever, mm. and it feels like I want to be here forever. Mm. Like there's nothing in me that's thinking. I wonder where I'm going to be next. I, 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 we love our home. We we just we love the city. We love our church. Mm. We feel really at home here. So we've been in Austin 10 years. We moved to Austin from Tennessee where my husband was traveling full-time with the band. And we moved here for him to work at our church that we attend. And so it was heading back into local church. And that's great and fabulous. And so we've been here four years. We have, oh my gosh, y'all. We've been here 10 years. We have four kids. My oldest is 14. And then I have a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old three older boys and then one girl. <laughs> and I started my podcast, The Happy Hour Jamie Ivy, four years ago. And so I'm four years in and it is just my favorite gig I've ever had. I'm sure you guys feel that way. Yeah. And I released my first book this past January, which is the craziest thing in my life. And so that came out the end of January. It's called If You Only Knew. Yeah. And that's been a fun ride as well. So that's my husband's a worship pastor and he writes books and music. And so that's what we do. Okay, so we have so much we want to unpack with you because in many levels we can relate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're in church ministry. We have been forever. Um, 
we are totally celebrating your book with you because oh, thank you. Um, I'm in the middle of reading it and girl, I'm just high-fiving you because your bravery and your candor through this book yeah. is so refreshing. I love, 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 love that is just something that everyone can lean into and go, okay, I feel the freedom to not have to be perfect. Um, And I think that's so important. And I want to talk with you about that more in a bit. But our brother just released a book a little over a year ago. And so we, we know full well what goes into all of that and that it's not a simple task. Um. So when I saw that you were going to be releasing a book, uh, we were we were praying you through it because mm-hmm. it was we know that's a big deal. So well Thanks, done, girl. It was it was crazy and weird and all of those things, but it's been a really fun ride. Um, I don't think you, you can be prepared for releasing a book, no, just because it's just it's it's more than you can imagine, but it's also super humbling. And you know, like when you say what you're saying about my words. Uh, I'm super like just honored and humbled and I don't think that will ever get old hearing that, you know, mm-hmm. um, pouring in the work uh, and a team. I mean, you don't release a book by yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone who put work into this book and then to hear that, I think that's, that's why we did that. That's, that's why that book was came out. When you probably feel like you should stamp your family's name on the front of it right along with it. Everybody. We're going to stamp a lot of people's names on yeah. that book. I mean, it really is. It's a collective. I had one girlfriend who read the entire book front to cover before I sent it in just for like theology editing, you know, yeah. and then I would have other people read it for, you know, grant all the editing, the real work, you know, where they make it look good. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it is such a collaborative work with someone. I think it's like that with a lot of projects. I mean, my podcast, four years in, I used to be a one-man show. I'm not anymore, and that's because it gets it gets better when other people's eyes and ears are on things. And yes. So, yeah, I, I see art and creatives in a much different light than I did four years ago. And it's more fun when you're not by yourself, isn't it? You it's to- way more fun, and it's better. That's that's why I always have to. I don't have to remind myself that much anymore, but when I first started writing, you know, to be completely honest, I was nervous about other people's input mm-hmm. because I thought, well, then this becomes less of mine. You know, if someone would say, an editor would say, I think that we should move this paragraph here. And what do you think about adding this sentence here? Mm -hmm. I would be really nervous. Like, I don't know. Can I have, and after this process, and even after my podcast this long, I think, man, everything is better when there are more people working on it. Together's better, you guys. That's that's what we say around here. Together is always better. That's so good. That's so true. Well, one of the, we have two questions that we ask every single guest and we love their answers because they're so unique and so different. So the first one would be, what do you feel about your life is ordinary? You know, when I think of ordinary, I think I was thinking about that this morning that I think what defines ordinary, like what's ordinary. And so for me, when I think about what's ordinary in my life is, although people may see me um, with a, I'm using air quotes as platform life, right? Like, oh, you get to travel and speak and you wrote a book and you have a podcast and Instagram, all those things. Um, I also did like seven loads of laundry yesterday. Like, (laughs) you know, and so that feels very ordinary for me of just, I still, as much as I can, like we had this huge um, engagement party at our house last night for some dear friends. And I still was taking my kid to baseball practice before it started. And, you know, so the ordinary things, I, 
actually really enjoy. Like ordinary for me is just our family on a Friday night around the grill, everybody home, because yeah. that's not always the norm in our house. Yeah. And so that feels so ordinary. It makes me feel so safe. And I, I love, I love actually the ordinary of my life. Mm. So laundry, being around the fire pit at night with my family, those things are ordinary. And I really, really enjoy them. And don't you think sometimes when you do have, you know, a quote unquote platform, people seem to assume that the ordinary goes away. Yeah. And it doesn't because if it did, then we would be living in this bubble or, you know, without people. And so even though I mentioned laundry as ordinary, I mean, yeah, I have someone come clean my house twice a month. You know, that's, that's like, it's just thing that works well for our family with having two working people. And so that, and I hate cleaning. I'm really bad at it. So it's just <laughs> like it makes everybody happy in the house. Right. Um, but the ordinary, I think it also keeps you grounded. Yes. And I want to be grounded. I don't ever want to think that I'm better than I was four years ago. Right. Um, I think I have more of a voice and I think I have a, a lot more responsibility on me. And I don't take that lightly at right. all. Um, and so, but the ordinary still keeps you as, you know what? everything's still, you're still the same person as you were before you released a book, before you released a podcast, before you got on stages, you just have more people listening to you. And that's a big responsibility. Yeah, it is. So yeah, the ordinary keeps that in perspective, I think. That's so good. Well, and it, you know, it doesn't change the fact that your mission starts at home with your people, no matter how big your voice is, no matter how far your reach is. So I think it's for anyone, it's so important to remember like, Hey, these ordinary moments are really what's going to make the big difference. Mm -hmm in my kids' life and yeah. in my marriage. Um, I think that so many people can, can relate to that. And knowing that ordinary is really where God's writing the extraordinary pieces of your story. So, okay. So then on the flip side, um, what about your life is extraordinary? You know, I think just the flip side is my job and go along with the same conversation of how people can look at people who, um, are in the public eye. Uh, and, and that's, it's this weird thing in this Christian world, right? That you can have, like have all of, it, it's, we see famous as like, you know, Ryan Seacrest, Kelly Ripa. Yeah. I don't know why they came to mind. <laughs> um, so, you know, that seems like famous. Yeah. Um, and then there's this like Christian famous, which is weird and sticky and yeah. really gross a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, it's not lost on me that I am influencing people in for the Lord. Like that's, that's where I got, that's where the ordinary keeps you grounded as well is that this influence is not for yourself. This is not a self gain. Um, this is a point people to Jesus all the time. And so I think that can look super extraordinary in my life that mm-hmm. I might get on an airplane and go to speak at a church or whatever. Um, but the glamor of that, I lost that glamour of that about a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it, is, it is a job, but it is a privilege as well. And I do not take it lightly. Anytime a church invites me to speak to their people, yeah. that's never lost on me what that took of them to trust me. And so I think that part of my life is super extraordinary. I kind of sometimes still pinch myself like, is this really, is this really my job that I get to tell people about Jesus and encourage women and, um, you know, encourage them to take risk and do big things and all for the glory of God. I got that job. That's cool. Like yeah. I, that, I still think that's cool. But let me also say this, there can be a really temptation for someone who doesn't have that 
what I just said was extraordinary in my life and feel as though their life is not as important. Right. And that is a very a scary place for someone to sit. So if someone's listening thinking, well, golly, wish I could get on an airplane and go talk to someone about Jesus. I wish I could have a podcast. I wish I could have that, that is, you're going down the darkest hole that your soul could go down because what you're doing is you're saying the people that God has put in front of me don't matter. Yeah. And that's a very, it's a scary place to be because then you become apathetic. You become, you start to believe that God is not for you. You start to believe that God is not using you. And those are really, really false things for you to believe about what God's doing in your world. So my ordinary of home with my family and doing laundry and that, that could be someone's every day. They never get on an airplane and go speak anywhere. But I want you to know that that doesn't make the people I'm speaking to any more important. That's right. And so I, I feel like I just need to say that. So I, I pinch myself that I have this job. Um, wherever God has you, those are the people that you're influencing. And they matter. If it's a three-year-old at your breakfast table every day asking the same stupid questions <laughs> over and over and yeah. over again, that matters. Yeah. And so... Don't forget that if that's your, where your story is right now. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And that's really the point of this podcast is to encourage people who are in that ordinary and who feel like, hey, I, I don't have a platform or I didn't write a book or I don't lead a church or I don't do all these things. And so I, I'm not as good as the people that do that or I don't have a purpose or a calling. And just to say, like, your calling is right in front of you and mm-hmm. open your eyes to see who's around you and that, and then you'll find your purpose, you know, yeah. when you see those people and, and really, and sort of, we say this all the time here. It's like, it's really the littlest things that are, that are the biggest things. Yeah. And my calling, I mean, I really believe that our calling doesn't change that much. Our calling is to glorify God and make him known. That's right. Yeah. And so that calling it didn't change. Maybe my, my job title changed and my the people, the amount of people that I'm influencing might have changed. My calling is the same as it was 10 years ago when That's I right. was, you know, dri- driving kids around my minivan to right. preschool and all the things um, to make God known and to bring him glory. And so just hold tight to that, to the listener of that calling can be used in lots of different ways. And yeah. so don't think it's less than if you're calling seems to be too smaller amount of people. Jamie, that's so good. I think another thing it's so important to point out is, I mean, okay, so Heather and I are podcasting, but we know that it doesn't come without a ton of work. Um, So, you know, someone could look into your life and be like, man, it just seems like she's got it all. You know, she's got a following and she's got a large amount of people that are listening to her voice on a weekly basis. But you've put in a lot of hard work to get there. A lot of work. And it's not like you just landed on a silver cloud and went, oh, a podcast show that everyone's listening to, or oh, a book that I get to put my name on. Um, so I think sometimes we in the human race want to skip the work and get the gain. Yep. Um, and so I think it's just so important um, to see. I mean, you, you're out there, you're hustling, you're working hard. You know, you're having to physically leave your home and, and go to your office to get the work done. So um, just knowing that, man, whatever God's calling you to in that next season and whatever he's doing in, in your life with listeners, it's it's never without work, is it? It's never without work. I remember, you know, my husband's a worship pastor of a fairly large church. And I remember, you know, young kids will come to be like, man, how do I how do I get your job? How do I do what you do? And um, he's like, well, I spent 10 years on the road and I am 40. You know, and so it just yeah. seems as though, oh, you just showed up. Right. And whenever someone just seems like they just showed up on the scene, 
man, they've been working years. It's like the new artist of the year. Like, congratulations, you're the best new artist. I'm like, man, I've been I've been working this gig for ten years. That's you know? right. Um, and so I think that is so true. I look at my life and my season and my work, um, and I have plenty of friends who put in the work like I do and have little kids at home, and they can do it. It's it's fine. I'm not saying anything about that. The way God put our family. The trajectory for my job was I didn't really start this gig um, until my kids were all in school. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying I couldn't have, and I'm not saying you can't. Do not hear that at all. I am all for women working, and I'm all for women staying home. It's weird. You know, also, let's remember this, that we live in the United States of America. It's everyone around the world doesn't have the privilege of saying, do I want to work or do I want to stay right. home? You know, yeah. they're working because they got to feed their babies. So yeah. um, it's a privilege to be able to stay home. And I don't take that lightly. And so I got to do that with my kids. And I would never trade that for anything in the world. But for our family, I didn't start this hustle gig until all my kids were in school. And so it worked out well for me. My, my kids go to school and I come work and I put in a lot of hard work. I, in the early years, I put in a lot of hard nights, you know, after those kids went to school. And so I think anything, anything that's worth doing takes hard work. It just, it really does. If you, I mean, I have a girlfriend who homeschools her kids. She puts a lot of work into figuring out what they're going to do for the entire year. I mean, you know, she's putting in the work because it matters to her. And so my job matters to me. Uh, I, I love it. I love it a whole lot. Again, I pinch myself. This is my job. Um, (laughs) But it does. It takes a lot of work. I'm, I'm away from my family, you know, and with my, my job takes me away. Yeah. And so that is a sacrifice on myself. It's a sacrifice on my kids. It's a sacrifice for our entire family. And every time I leave, every single time, I mean, unless it's like I'm going to Italy with my husband, which <laughs> we are doing that soon. So I will not say this to my kids before I leave. But whenever I leave her trip, I'm always like, man, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. That's, that's right. That's what I'm doing. And so that's why I can that sacrifice of leaving my kids because there's a, a bigger purpose than just myself. I, again, I'm not saying if like you sell coffee mugs and you have to travel that you don't have a purpose, but right, right. for me, that's how I can do the things I do. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. So you mentioned, you know, that you get some help, you know, cleaning your house and things like that, but how do you make this crazy life that we have? How do you balance that with work and home life and four kids and sports and school and church life and all of that. What are, what are some tips for someone who just feels like they're in, you know, there's so much and they're having trouble balancing all of that. No, it's hard. Like right now I feel like I'm like kind of drowning mm-hmm. um, only because we have just committed to a lot of things right now. So yeah. Aaron and I, we have these seasons and it happens all, it happens all the time. And we look up and we go, what do we need to do different yeah. next time? Like what happened here? Uh, the last time we had this was like, well, we had one this May right now that we're in right now. What, what are we doing here? What's happening? And we had one about a year and a half ago in a November where we just looked at each other and went, we're in too much. Like yeah. we're doing too much. And so, you know, for me about, I think it was probably about four, four, four years ago, I think I sat down and said, what are the things that I'm going to say yes to? Um, what, because I love things. I love doing good things. I really do. I'll say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down and I made a list and it was really only like three topics. And it said, if it falls under this, it is a yes. If it doesn't, it's a no. And so I was going to, you know, make my life easier and better and only say yes to these things. And I remember a friend who, um, you guys would know her. She came to me and she said, Hey, I had this idea. And she's like a dreamer and a visionary, like 
great with ideas. She's just, I would follow her wherever. She's <laughs> like, I have this idea. And I'm like, okay, let me hear it. So she gives me the idea. And I'm like, I love it. She goes, I want you to run it. I'm like, I am in. Yes, 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 yes. I loved it. We like had our first meeting, all the things. Um, and then I remembered that stupid list that I had made. Yeah. And, um, it did not, I couldn't find a way to get it over to the side of yes. Like I could not wiggle it over there. Yeah. Nothing could get it under that category. And as good as that was, and as amazing as it was, I had to call her back and say, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her why and everything. And so I think that's something that I learned that I kind of have to constantly go back to, especially you guys get this with working at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many things that Aaron and I can say yes to. Yeah. And we love serving on church. We love like hosting all the things. And so we kind of have to, have to sit down and go, what are our yeses going to be about? Yes. And, and again, as our kids are getting older, they're taking up a lot more space we're, mm-hmm. we're starting to see, you know? And so, um, I think that for us, what helps is constant reevaluation, like we're doing in the month of May, mm-hmm. a constant reevaluation. Um, what are the yeses yeah. and what are the no's? And then being okay if a really good thing comes along mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit under that yes category. And you can change those. It's not like my three things have always changed. Mm-hmm. I've always been the same. Um, so reevaluate, look at the yes category. Um, and then really we really schedule in rest and for us yeah. we schedule in time getting away just the two of us that's yeah. really a big value for us with our busy jobs and four kids yeah. and so we schedule that um we do family vacations every year and and listen you guys we did this when we didn't have two pennies to our name yeah. and so it's always been a thing and there are ways to make it happen so those are kind of some things yeah i mean besides like you know a house cleaner and getting food delivered and those kind of things right but yeah you know that's so good i we just told my husband the other day Okay, for July, we need to make sure it doesn't become crazy because yeah. I feel same. Like we felt felt like we were drowning in May. One of the things that we've done is um, we started a few years ago is actually putting, like you said, scheduling rest, putting white space on our calendar. And we found like if we didn't put it on our calendar as a line item, you know, as an event, you fill it up. You fill it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we, it's one of the first things that we give, we do marriage counseling. And it's one of the first questions we ask is like, where's your white space? Are you putting it on your calendar? And if you don't do that, you will burn out and it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how great the things are that you're doing. Yeah, totally. I, I love that. And, and I'm going to, I wrote that yeah, white space. So that's good. I love that because it's so important. Otherwise you'll just say yes to awesome things all yeah. the time. All the time. And, and no one is going to protect your calendar for you. No. They will, they will take, 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 take. You yeah. have to be the protector of your calendar and your family's calendar. You know, you know what I found though, girls, is that I would say specifically in church ministry, and I don't know necessarily why it's this way, but um, you have to almost build up an understanding with your people mm-hmm. as to why you're saying no. Yeah. Um, I, uh, for me, I struggled for a long time with the whole fear of man thing, thinking mm-hmm. if I have the guts to say no to things that are really, really, really good. Are they going to think that I think I'm better than them or that my time is better than them? And I mean, God has really had to work on my heart in that is to go, you know what? It's, it's an audience of one. It's about what I think of your heart and of the position of your attitude. It's not about what the church thinks or it's not about what your friends think. Um, and so, I mean, that was a process for me having to learn probably over a decade. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I'm a slow learner, guys. God has to like (laughs) beat me over the head. Um, but to go, man, this fear of man thing, it's got to go. So, yeah. And I think you have, once you have enough of these kind of like these moments where you kind of look at each other and go, we can't do this again. Like yeah. This, 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 we can't repeat what just happened over the last four weeks. Yeah. You know, for us, that was a year and a half ago in this November, we were 
like hosting an event, giving money to some amazing charity is great. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved every moment of it. But at the end, we just said, we we can't repeat these past three weeks ever again. And so that's what caused us to kind of reevaluate. And, you know, we're sitting here at the end of May going, we can't repeat these past three weeks ever again. Mm -hmm. And, And I, and I do think also, I think that, you know, the fear man for sure. And then just, you have a few times where you see the result of what that does for your family yes. and you just, and then you're like, it doesn't matter. We can't do this. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to no, revisit that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. So on a totally lighthearted note, do you not feel that grocery delivery is straight from heaven? Straight from heaven. But I do have a problem with it. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you this, but do you have, do you have grocery pickup? Yes. Okay. So that's where I, well, I don't know. I've never tried that. But grocery delivery, I love it, love it, love it, except for this. I need them to get their computer systems worked out so that if I click on something I want to buy, like it knows that they have it. Oh, so they don't have to because replace it with something else. All day long, the text message or the phone call. They don't have this. Do you want this? Okay. And I'm just, uh, it drives me crazy, you guys. Do you, okay. Like, do you not have the option where you just click, please choose a similar, similar item? Yeah, I think I need to click that. Yeah, next click, time, that, right? click, <laughs> click that. Click that because then you know if you're buying organic tomatoes and they're out of that brand, they're going to just replace it with the next yes. similar item, uh-huh. and they're not going to bug you about it. I do love it, and we kind of live out in the country, and I just found out. I don't know if you guys have this Uber Eats. Yes. yes. Okay, I just found, like someone just told me, and this is very dangerous that I just found this out. Someone just told me that there are a handful of restaurants that deliver to us because we're kind of out a little bit. So we only have one grocery delivery, all the things, but we have a couple of restaurants that deliver out here. And I think that just changed my life. That's pretty cool. And doesn't your husband love to cook? He loves to cook. So that's pretty cool. It's like you have a chef in your house. Yes, he loves to cook. And so it's it's not like I need, we don't need to deliver. I mean, but except, you know, you're both exhausted and tired and you're like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, do this. Um, but he does love to cook, and I love to eat. So it's one great team right there. Yeah, mm, that's so cool. Okay, I want to talk about your book a little bit more. I I know that you're in the local church, and we're in the local church. And I, Heidi mentioned it earlier, but the conversation that you've opened up, I think, is so valuable, and it's so authentic. And I'm so proud of you because I feel like you've mentioned this before on your podcast how you were in the church. You grew up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the conversations that you write about in your book are conversations that didn't really happen. I mean, I remember, you know, being in youth group and, you know, you're, you're right. It was like, don't have sex, don't, don't drink, don't do drugs. And that was about it. And these hard conversations weren't happening. And, and then as I got older, you know, you had to put on this perfect mask almost, it felt like. And I feel like over the last few years, we've begun to come out of that a little bit in the church where real conversations are happening and people are opening up and they're being willing to share their mistakes or their pain or their struggles that they're going through. And it's being, they're being still being accepted. And I love that your book is highlighting that and is encouraging women to do that and people to do that. So can you take us on a little bit of a journey of what that looked like for you? Getting this out in book form, I mean, I'm sure it was super vulnerable for you. Yeah, I mean, it was. The funny thing about the vulnerability piece is that from what I write in the book until, you know, the last couple handful of chapters, it it happened 20 years ago. Yeah. And so it's not as though I just worked through this and now I'm going to let you all see it. Yeah. And so for me, the vulnerability in that part, that has been worked out a lot 
over the past 20 years. And I would say a lot over the past 10 years, even, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where I probably started this journey of working this out was probably when we moved to Austin. And so as much as it seems as though, Oh, that, that was probably really hard to bear it. I've done that already. I'm, I'm at really big peace with that. Mm -hmm. Nothing in those early chapters is going to bring any kind of emotion up in me, except for like, God, Jesus is so good. I mean, I still cry when I talk about telling my husband my story. That just always gets me choked up. Yeah. But the last part of the book, I share some vulnerability currents, like yeah. something that occurred in my life, you know, four years ago. Yeah. That was super difficult to write. Yeah. I mean, super difficult to write. It was something where I I talk about just kind of, I don't, I, it's not it's not a secret, so I can tell you. Yeah. Um, well, they have to buy about, your book. They have to buy your book to hear it. <laughs> you, you, you have to buy my book to get the whole story. But That's I right. But I say, I talk about pornography. Yeah. Uh, being something that I used to watch before I was a believer. Um, and so it kind of reared its ugly head back up in my life, okay, you know, five, four or five years ago. And so I tell that story in there, and I'm telling you, I was that can make me cry about, man, are you sure? And I already did it. So it's over, but I would think to myself, are you sure you want to say this out loud? And the reason it was so hard is because that's such a hard topic. That's, that's why women don't talk about pornography because they feel what I still feel right now. And I said it and I'm fine. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's like this weird thing of like, I understand why it's so hard to be vulnerable because even talk writing that chapter, chapter nine of my book, it made me feel so vulnerable and almost embarrassed, but I have to believe my own words. I have to believe what is true is that vulnerability is better and bringing things to the light is where things get healed. And so, you know, I'm, I'm having to remind myself of what my message is in those type of moments. Um, I just met someone just randomly the other day in my town. I was I had never met her before. Um, this is so dumb, but my son needed some patches sewn on his baseball uniform. Mm-hmm. And being the you know Holly homemaker that I am, I don't know how to do that. And so <laughs> I found a random person in my neighborhood, and so I went to her house, and she's going to sew patches on, and I'm about to leave. And she said, um, "By the way, I read your book, and I really liked it." And I was like, "Oh, I mean, I'm so surprised! Like, oh, awesome!" And then she started crying and told me how hard it's been to tell her story. And that is what I'm hearing all the time is women just saying, thanks for going first. Like, thanks for doing this to give me the courage. And again, that's so humbling for me because um, I've been doing that in my personal life for a while. And so then I just got to kind of show it to everybody. Um, And I think you're right about it being difficult within the church. And, and I see a big shift happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't believe vulnerability just for the sake of being vulnerable. I, yeah. I think that there's also that shift of like, we're just going to be vulnerable and here's who we are. Um, and there's no call to, you know, yeah. repentance right. and changing. And right. so I think vulnerability for the sake of repentance and pointing people to Jesus is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. And I think that I'm seeing women understand that and feel that on both sides of the table because you know there's there's a part of being vulnerable and then there's the part of being the person who hears that story yeah Yeah. you know the person that's hearing that and that's a very sacred place to be if someone trusts you with that so i'm seeing women also handle that graciously yeah uh, and lovingly and pointing people to jesus and so um it's exciting to have been able to be a part of that with sharing my story um, and I want that for women. I want you to be in a church body um, 
I want you to be in small group or whatever you call it at your church. I want you to have community around you that you can be vulnerable and honest with Mm -hmm. um, so that they can point you to Jesus. Jamie, I think that's so important. Um, And I think that the church has maybe gotten a bad rap a little bit thinking that that doesn't exist or that there's going to be judgment. But I love that you shared that your women around you, they, they listened and they pulled you in instead of pushing you away with my people. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't like I came up with this new concept. It was like, okay, you guys, we're all going to be vulnerable together. Let's do this. No, we're just living life. And this is what was happening. Yeah. And so it just, it was a very just fluid event within my friendships. Um, and it's developed some, very, very deep soul connection yeah. with me and some girlfriends. And you can't buy that, can you? <laughs> you can't buy that. You can't go out and try to re- recreate that. It is just, um, it's something that God works. And you know what? It, it is like when you become vulnerable with someone. I mean, it's like, you remember when you would like go on a mission trip with someone and you never had met them before and then you had this incredible yep. experience and all of a sudden you're like, I love you. We're best friends forever. <laughs> yes. Um, because you experience something so beautiful together. And I think that happens yeah. when we let people in. Yeah. Um, and they treat, and they handle it well because we've all been hurt. I've been hurt. We've all been hurt by that. You let yeah. someone in and they don't handle it well. Yeah. Um, and so something beautiful happens when you let someone in and they handle it grace. It's like, it's like playing the only God card, you know, where it's like only God could have done that. Only God could have allowed that. Um, do you feel like the idea of this book and do you feel like God had to kind of whisper that into your heart for a while before you were okay with the idea of putting it out there? You know, I've wanted to tell the story for, uh, I think, I think when I started following Jesus, I was like, I got to tell the story. I, I felt so, it felt so extraordinary. It felt so different to me. And what I've learned along the way is is it's really not that different. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in the church. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, and God saved me and loved me and lets me tell people about him. Like that's a very common story. You guys, I'm not, there's Mm -hmm. not much different about me, but I, I, I could believe that lie. What's, what's different about the story? Who cares? But what God showed me, and it's exactly this conversation that we're having here, is that women need to hear somebody else say, hey, here's my story. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You know, this, I mean, this is the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful and wonderful because people are saying, oh, I have a voice. I can do this. Um, and so just me saying, here's my story. Now you go tell yours. That's yeah. kind of what I wanted this book to feel like. Um, you know, and then the, the, you know, that chapter that I referenced already, that was a hard one for me. And yeah. I just felt as though... I, I couldn't stand on here's what God did 20 years ago and let that be it. Yeah. Um, I needed people to see here's what God is doing mm-hmm. still in my life. Like I, I don't have this whole thing figured out. I'm still failing every day. And so to put this kind of large failure four years ago in there, that was hard and scary. Um, but I can't, I, I don't ever want to be someone who, my testimony is, here's what God did 20 years ago. No, God, yeah. God's doing things in my life right now. They're not in a book or on a podcast because I'm working it out. That's right. Me and him and my people. I don't need to tell everyone about it yet. Yeah. Um, but one day I will, you yeah. know, give yeah. me a couple years. Yeah. Um, but I, that was really important to me mm-hmm. um, is to show that, that I haven't arrived mm-hmm. and none of us have. And so God is still going to be moving in our hearts and our lives until we meet him. Because it's what he does. Yeah. Well, Jamie, I've had um, women sit across mentoring, counseling, friendship sessions with me, it, even in the last few weeks. And some of these women who have read your book 
and then opened up and shared really hard things and things that, to be honest, I don't know if they would have shared had they not seen you do it first. Had they not read the words in a safe place and then processed it in their own time with the Holy Spirit and then come to someone who they trusted and who they knew they could they could be real. Um, one thing that I really loved, it's um, in the early chapters of your book, you're talking about how we all tend to do this thing where we label ourselves, right? Where we take our area of shame or sin and we pin a letter on our shirt to define who we think we are. And then we walk around like with that invisible letter, but like it's screaming to everyone of what we've struggled with. Um, I thought that was such an interesting picture and such a good analogy because I think every human being on the planet could relate to that. Completely. And, you know, the, I think the, the best part of that story is when I realized that no, nobody gave me those letters and, yeah. and nobody even knew I was wearing them. It was, it was this sick game I played with myself, you know? And so granted some of our letters are a little people would know you know yeah. um, and so but a lot of them we put them on ourselves and mm-hmm. nobody cares mm-hmm. nobody knows you know um my you know on a lighter note my husband tells me often no one's thinking about you as much as you think they are so true uh, you know it's so true but these these like for me a lot of it was shame over uh you know having sex and getting pregnant and you know really, really excessive drinking. And so I just walked around with a lot of shame when I started following Jesus and I married a pastor. And so I felt completely unworthy, Um, which I giggle now being married 17 years. Um, My husband, he's not Jesus, you know, he he has his own stuff. Uh, It just didn't, wasn't in the open for everyone to see. Um, And so I brought just so much shame. And so that's what I was talking about when I put those letters on. I felt like every time I walked into church, I kind of put a letter on and that's, that was my define. That was what defined me. I felt as though for many years that what defined me was my past and my mistakes. And I just had to live with it for the rest of my life. It Mm. just, it is what it is. And I think that's where a lot of women, they sit, Mm. they may not think about it much, or they know that God forgave them. They believe the Bible's true, but this is just going to define me forever because it's just, it's part of the story. Mm. You know, I hear a lot with abortion. It's, I had an abortion and so that's going to be the, my definer for the end of my life. And that's, yeah. it's just, it's not the gospel. Yeah. And so there's nothing in the gospel that says, Hey, uh, God loves you. He's going to send his son. He's going to forgive you. He's going to give you, he's going to put righteousness on you. And you still hold on to a couple of those sins. Yeah. Like that's just not true. Yeah. And so I think that helping people understand that is difficult because we are humans and we have, you know, we carry shame because we are sinners and mm-hmm. all of those things. And, um, just from, that was a long journey for me as well. I mean, I think that's why it's so easy for me to say, no, ladies, listen, you don't have to wear that label yeah, that's because right. I did it for so long, yeah. you know, and then I've, it's been 10 years since I figured out I don't have to do that anymore. But you know what guys, that, that's not like, oh, I figured that out. It's done. Mm-hmm. A very silly example is just recently we were hosting a gathering at our house and we were co-hosting with someone and the, the other couple, the, the wife is super creative and um, she's like super creative with decorating and food and the, you know, I have none of those strengths, like <laughs> none. I, I would put plastic forks out and my husband's like, Jamie, just get real forks. We're not having a nice dinner with plastic. So it's not my giftings, right? Yeah. yeah. And let me tell you guys, I battled insecurity the entire day that we were setting up yeah. the entire day. And yeah. I, I mean, to use the same analogy, I'm putting like, you know, 
not a good hostess. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. better than me. Um, my gifting suck. I wish I could deck all day long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's silly, but it's, it's something that I still have to fight. It's not as big as, you know, pornography, abortion, yeah. Yeah. alcoholic, whatever, you know, um, and we can wear things that were done to us. I mean, That's like right. I just said, I almost just said rape and that could have been done to us. And we, I don't, I'm not a counselor. I don't want to go there. Um, but just letting go of those identities, yeah, yeah. Um, you know? And so in a very silly note, I had to work that out recently of, yeah. you know yeah. what? Like, that's not my, that doesn't define me Yeah. Of whether I can make this look cute or not. Yeah. And so that's silly. No, but it's, I still had to work that out. That's so good. And I am right there with you because we're doing this, um, photo shoot today for our podcast. And my sister Heidi was a professional model. So I get to go stand next to a yeah, professional like one, model. 100 years ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm with you, Heather. I get it. <laughs> so I, I literally had to, on the way over here driving, had to be like, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I'm not telling you that you messed up. Like, I believe you made me the way you want me to be. <laughs> Rubbish. With my shorter legs and, you know. <laughs> but you know what? Like, all joking, that that's we can laugh about this, but that is, that's really happening in your heart. And yeah. so I think... Yeah. Like that, it, it is laughable because we're like, oh, stop, you know, stop, whatever. Yeah. But I think those are the everyday things yeah. that we have to tell ourselves the gospel, whether it is in decorating or standing next to your beautiful friend or whatever, or I don't like my body and I have to take a photo yeah. or this mom always has better cookies at this event, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. Or the big things of, man, part of my story is, you know. Messy. Messy and yeah. ugly. Yeah. Um, is have to continue to tell ourselves the gospel, and that goes back to: Do you have people surrounding you that are going to tell you the truth? Yeah, and the truth of not just like, oh, you know, you are a good decorator. Well, no, that's not what I need. Right. That's what right. I need is this doesn't define you. Like right. this, this has nothing to do with your character. This doesn't define you. Jesus loves you, and He's like you know those kind of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's so good. It's that truth and love. And, you know, the, yes. they go hand in hand in the tension of that. I think it's so important in friendships, in any friendship, being able to hear the hard truth, but also say the hard truth in a loving way and knowing that that's what makes us better and stronger yeah. yes. and yes. points and us I to Jesus. You, that day, I said this to my friend because what could have been easy is for me to keep it in. Yeah. She's better, all these things. That could have just gone a really ugly place. I said it to her. Yeah. And she could have easily been like, oh, stop it. You're good at whatever. Yeah. Um, but she spoke truth too. You know, so yeah. like that was uncomfortable. I didn't want to say it out loud because I knew it was dumb. In my heart, I really knew this is dumb, Jamie. Get get yourself together. But but don't you feel like that's what the enemy tries to do? He He tries to whisper and sometimes shout those lies that sound so realistic. And then we be- we begin to believe them. To the point of like, yeah, like this like does we seem real. with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the same thing in your situation today. Like y'all both have a great, I'm not telling you what to do, but you have a great moment of like confessing, here's where my heart is. And then someone pointing you back to Jesus. Like, yep. it's not about this, like the, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So good. So Jamie, in your book, I loved this quote because um, I think everyone needs to download it into their soul is you say, talking about those that identifying ourselves with those negative thoughts. Um you said, but those are the letters we've drawn up and they do not match up with God's letters. When we spend our days living in fear of what the world would think of us if they really knew us, we haven't yet believed and trusted the truth he says about us. Mm-hmm. Man, I thought that that was so important 
because I think that's where so much falls through the cracks is where we do hear those lies. We do believe those things that maybe we've overcome or that we're struggling with are greater than the gospel, than God's grace. Yeah. I think, you know, one of my favorite things I, I love to just say is like all of those lies they don't stand a chance if you just believe God's word to be true. That's right. If you just believe what he says is true. I mean, I think like, okay, as Christians, we believe a lot of crazy things, yeah. you know, like believe that God what has always been like that. My, I don't know. My brain doesn't understand that. Yeah. He spoke the world and create. I, I don't know how that happens. Yeah. We believe that our savior was born from a virgin. That seems crazy, you know, and that they, he died. They put him in the tomb. He rose again. And he accept, like we believe crazy things, right? Yes. This is what our faith is built on. We believe these things and they are true, but yet we can't believe that God loves us and chose us and can use us and say, like, you know what I mean? Like, if we believe all of that to be true, we also have to believe what he says about us to be true. That's right. And so, and what he says about us is, you know, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, when God sees you, he sees the righteousness of God of Christ put on you and that is just this really big crazy term of saying like God sees Jesus in us yeah and you know and, and again it doesn't lead us to just living life however we want the Bible's pretty clear about that as well you know our hearts they yearn to love him um, and please him but I just want I'm telling myself this often as well, you guys, like, I just want us to believe that when we fail and we will every single day, that when we fail, that there is grace for that. And there we repent and God says, I love you and I forgive you and you were in good standing, you know? And so I think that we know that's true. We say it out loud. We tell people that, but our heart sometimes struggles big time to believe it. And I think that's where your community comes in. Because yeah. they say things to you that you already know. Mm-hmm. No one's going to say anything new to you. No one, you're not going to, they're not going to say, you know what? God, there's grace for that. God loves you. He forgives you. And you're going to go, oh my gosh, I've never heard that. Right. Wow. <laughs> right. That's a new concept. No, it's stuff you already know. Yeah. But you have to be told it over and over again yeah. because we are just foolish humans and we have hearts that can deceive us and they can believe what the enemy says is true. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so good. Well, yeah. thank you for writing this book and thank you for oh, going first. Oh. Thank you. Listeners, if you want to jump on, jump online, it's called If You Only Knew. It's by Jamie Ivey. And I would really recommend it. If you happen to be someone listening and you cannot afford a copy, shout out to me and I'll gift it to you. Um, Because I really do think it's a conversation that um, can help align hearts with the heartbeat Mm -hmm. of Jesus and and what God the Father says about us. So, Jamie, I love that you um, just took that topic up and you did it. You did it well and with... Um, just a lot of bravery. I think yeah, it's really important. Yeah, so good. I had a couple of books when when it first came out. I had a couple in my home, and I was so excited to sit down and read it, you know. And then I had back to back. I had girls in my home that I just knew it was for them, and it was so fun to be able to hand it to them and say, "Read this. Read this story, and I know you'll relate to it, and I know that it will speak to you." And it it has. I mean, they've both come back and said, "Thank you so much. That book was so powerful in my life. So well done, friend." Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we are so happy that you've joined us. Thank you so much for joining us on the H&H Hour. And thank you, Jamie, for joining us. I loved it, you guys. I just felt like I was sitting down with you two gals talking. It was oh, great. I loved that's it. Good. That's good. the goal. That is the goal. Yeah. Well, we will talk with you next time. Thanks so much for listening.
Heidi, I loved talking with Jamie. I thought it was such an important conversation because mm-hmm. um, I think it'd be super easy for people to see someone like Jamie and think she just doesn't struggle. Mm-hmm. She's got it all together. Yeah. And just reminding everyone she's human. Yeah. We're human. The, yeah. the listener listening, you're human mm-hmm. and you're never out of the um, the reach of God's grace. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm so glad that she was willing to come on and have a conversation with us. And I think if you if you have that feeling, I mean, it can be something big that you've struggled with that you've hidden, or it can be something really little, and you just need you know you need to read someone else's story of yeah. of me too of I went first. You know, yeah. pick up her book and read that. It's such an encouraging book. It's she's she's a great writer. It's yeah. easy to read. She's it's not fun. like you're trying to like yeah. trudge through something. Yeah. So. Um, I think that that will be really valuable for a lot of listeners. Yeah. And also you can listen to Jamie's podcast, which is the happy hour. Um, it's really, really good. It's she, one of the podcasts that that I look forward to every single week, yep. you know, and it's, it's something that I, I always know I'm going to be encouraged yep. at the end of it. I'm going to be inspired. Here's some truth. And here's some truth. Yep. And then just hear awesome people's stories, which is so much fun. So definitely subscribe to that and listen in on her podcast as well. Yeah. And you can check out Jamie on Instagram. She's just at Jamie Ivy. It's I-V-E-Y. And um, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, which is Holly Schaefer um, with Monate. She is our third age. The third age. Holly is our third age. And we've been promising our guests that we'd get her on the show. So we probably need to do that. We do. As a guest. So Holly. She's not really somebody who like stands in front of us and waves flags like, put me on. No, but um, Holly, this is your official ask with all of our listeners hearing it. <laughs> Please come and be on the H&H Hour. Um, maybe before you have your sweet baby boy. Oh, that would be fun. So, okay, let's talk about Monate a little bit. Yeah. Because we both use it. Yes. And we both really love it. Yeah. I'll be honest. It's taken me a little longer to mm-hmm. get on the Monate bandwagon than some people. Um, But I'm on it now and I'm through detox. Okay. So it's, I'm starting to see the benefits of it. Like it, it detox took a long time for me. Okay. So in case you're not familiar, Monate is a hair care product. Shampoo. Yes. Shampoo. And and other things. Yeah. Conditioner and all that jazz. Um, Yeah. So I've been using it for over two years now. Yeah. And the reason I started using it was twofold. One is because I had just had a baby and my hair was falling out like it was its job. Yes. Like full on chunks falling out. And my hairline looked ridiculous. I literally could not pull my hair back because it looked crazy, full on crazy. And so I saw a friend of mine post this really funny video of herself in the shower using, she had a swimsuit on, so Uh it was good, but using this new product, Monate, that I'd never heard of. And I thought, she, she said, it's natural, so it's safe for your body. Um, which is something I also had to be cautious of because I was trying not to use any toxins for some health issues I was walking through. And she's like, and this helps with hair regrowth. And I was like, girls, send me all of the stuff, every product. And so Holly Schaefer is um, sponsoring the H&H Hour today as a Monate consultant. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to check out these incredible products, you can go on to Holly Schaefer, and that's S-C-H-A-F-E-R, dot mymonate.com. And you also can message Holly at Holly Schaefer on Instagram if you've got any questions about what systems to try. Um, she's really good about helping you determine your hair type and what your goals are. 
and then she can help you with the products. And I know a lot of people think, well, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I can just go to the drugstore and pick up, you know, something for 10 bucks. Yep. Um, but it lasts a really long time because yep. you don't have to use a huge amount of it. So I've been using the same bottle, but it's the, it's June 1st yep. and I've been using the same bottle since October. So, yep. and that, and you know what, I'm almost out of it and I'm almost ready to start a new one, but that's a long time for you to be using something that is really good for your hair and is really good for your, but you're not putting toxins in your body. Okay. And it's given me a mom hack because I've been able to train my hair that it doesn't need washed multiple times a week. Like guys, this is gross. I can get away with twice a week. Yeah. And it's awesome. awesome. Because I have a lot of hair and so it takes a long time to wash it. So check out Holly Schaefer on Instagram and hook yourself up with some awesome products. She's phenomenal. We just adore her so much. And I think we're going to do some fun giveaways. Yeah. Simone products as well at some point. So maybe we'll do some of our faves. That would be fun. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we value that you listen. We don't take it for granted. We are so honored that you would take time out of your day to hear our voices. Um, We want you to know that we love you for that. If you want to go on iTunes, that would be awesome. You can give us a rating and you can leave a review and that just helps other people find the show and get some encouragement as well. So thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.